Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. We have plenty in store for you in today's show, but first I want to get right to the news about Brittany Griner. The WNBA star was sentenced to nine years in prison by a Russian court earlier today and fined one million rubles, which is about $16,700. And the 31-year-old Griner, a two-time U.S. Olympic champion and eight-time WNBA All-Star, was arrested February 17th for bringing cannabis into the country. She pleaded guilty on July 7th and was convicted just over three hours ago. And following the verdict, President Joe Biden released this statement, quote, Today, American citizen Brittany Griner received a prison sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. It's unacceptable, and I call on Russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife, loved ones, friends, and teammates. And from the WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert and NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, quote, today's verdict and sentencing is unjustified and unfortunate, but not unexpected. And Brittany Griner remains wrongfully detained. The WNBA and NBA's commitment to her safe return has not wavered, and it is our hope that we are near the end of this process of finally bringing BG home to the United States. So now welcoming in our investigative reporter, TJ Quinn. TJ, we hear the words guilty and nine years, but what does this verdict really mean here? Yeah, Malika, the, the sentence was always a formality. Whether it was a year or nine years that she got, uh, they knew it was going to be something heavy. They knew that a, a guilty verdict was a foregone conclusion, which is why she pleaded guilty early on in the trial. It's really all about the deal that the U.S. can cut with Russia. Uh, the U.S. made it clear just last week that, yes, they are willing to, to make a prisoner swap. Um, Russia has said all along, hey, you may not consider this to be a legitimate process, but mm -hmm. we do. Uh, it's important to them to maintain that veneer of credibility, um, try to make it look like it's a legitimate process. And so they've said all along, we're not going to really talk until after her trial is over. So really, you can look at it. it it's hardly great news for her. It was devastating, clearly. Uh, but it also means now that the governments can move forward with their talks. So what was Griner's strategy in this trial, TJ? Yeah, they, they knew from the start there was no point in, in pleading not guilty or trying to put up much of a defense. So what they did was decide we are going to play ball. We're not going to make the Russian court or the government look bad. Uh, she did everything that they asked. She knew that eventually if there was going to be a deal that there would have to be an admission of guilt anyway. So there was kind of a two-pronged strategy. One was do what you can to influence the court. See if you can't get an sentence um, as improbable as that might have been but at the same time it also makes it easier for Russia to trade her essentially because she hasn't done anything to inflame Russian public opinion against her mm. uh, she made it clear right up into up until the end today that she was going to do everything she could to throw herself on the mercy of the court
I want to apologize to my teammates, my club, Gemka, the fans, and the city of ECAT for my mistake that I made and the embarrassment that I brought onto them. I never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to put in jeopardy the rest of the population. I never meant to break any laws here. I pled guilty to my charges. I understand everything that's being said against me, the charges that are against me, and that is why I pled guilty. But I had no intent to break any Russian laws. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. Obviously, it was not the outcome that she wanted. Uh, but in a Russian court, the, the, the general rule is there's little you can do to make things better for yourself, but there are a lot of things you can do to make life worse. At the very least, she didn't do anything you could see that would make life worse. So you mentioned, TJ, that veneer of credibility, as you put it, that Russia wanted folks to respect their process. But now that the trial is over, how do you see Brittany Griner's story continuing to play out here? Well, we know that there are already pieces of a deal uh, thrown out there, that the U.S. wants Brittany Griner and another American, Paul Whelan, who's been there since December 2018, in exchange for a man named Victor Boot, whose name's gotten thrown around a lot uh, in the last few months. He's a convicted arms dealer who's doing a 25-year sentence in the United States. When the, that deal was first proposed in June. Russia apparently came back with an offer asking for a, a, a Russian man who's right now in prison in Germany for ha having killed someone in Belgium. The U.S. dismissed it, saying this is not a serious response. But one thing that's been clear if you follow these cases, generally when they're resolved, you don't know what's going on until suddenly she's on a plane coming home. Uh, there are things that the governments could discuss that are part of a deal that we may never even know about or things that don't come out for months or years. Uh, but for now, this is when the real dipl diplomatic work begins. This is when the real diplomatic work begins. TJ, thank you so much for your reporting on this. We will be continuing to follow this story closely, as will the rest of the basketball world. We've seen support pouring in all over tweets from South Carolina head coach Don Staley. Hashtag free Brittany Griner. We will not stop advocating for your release. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. We love you, BG. And Asia Wilson, free BG. And Bam Adebayo, shake my head. Nine years free. BG. Some news out of the Justice Department today on a story that has been watched closely by the basketball community. Federal officials announced civil rights charges against current officers Kelly Goodlett and Sergeant Kyle Meany and former officers Joshua Janes and Brett Hankison who were involved in the deadly raid of Breonna Taylor's home in March of 2020. And Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that the charges, they include civil rights offenses, unlawful conspiracies, unconstitutional use of force, and obstruction offenses. And Garland alleged that Janes and Goodlett met in a garage in May of 2020, quote, where they agreed to tell investigators a false story. And Louisville police said on Thursday that they're beginning the termination processes for Meany and Goodlett. And then, following the news of the charges, Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer, said, quote, today is overdue, but it still hurts. NBA Today will be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play. And boom, 
Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. We have a breaking news alert here, a trade in the NBA. Three-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, be paired with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. This is a major move to get a guy like this in his prime. They want to win in Minnesota. They have not had postseason success in decades. Rudy Gobert gives them a chance at that. I'd like to welcome in Matt Barnes and Dave McMiniman. Kendrick Perkins is going to be joining us in just a minute. But that was one of the major trades that shook the newsroom this summer. It went down between the Timberwolves and the Jazz. Oh, hey, Perk, there he is. Um, so for reference, just to remind everybody what the Jazz got for Rudy. How do I say it, Perk? Rudy go who? Rudy Gobert. For Rudy Gobert. Just, just <laughs> yeah. to remind everyone that the haul that uh -huh. the Jazz got here. Four first-round picks, a 2026 swap, and five players. That includes Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, Leandro Bomaro. So, with Kevin Pelton's Western Conference offseason grades being released, I want to play a little bit of chop it or drop it. So, Matt, I want to start with you on this one. The trade certainly limits Minnesota's options building beyond this. They got a C- minus for their offseason grade. Chop it or drop it. Let's chop this. I think the grade was a little harsh. I mean, you are getting a three-time Defensive Player of the Year in Rudy Gobert. Mm. I think where people criticize them, and in the, in the, really the main reason why I feel like free agency with big players has completely yep. slowed down is because the overhaul they got with the draft picks, the players, the swaps. I think that's why KD possibly didn't move, why Donovan Mitchell hasn't really moved yet, Kyrie, uh -huh. and, and to me the list goes on. Uh, but at the end of the day, I feel like uh, Minnesota's in a win now. You know, Cat, uh, one of the best young bigs in the game, just signed a four-year, 214 deal. Uh, the young boy, uh, Anthony Edwards, is on the, uh, you know, the verge of becoming a superstar. Mm -hmm. He says uh, so. Gobert is a solid defensive anchor. He's not giving you much on the offensive end, but they have a lot of young guns around him. So I feel like Minnesota feels like it's it's time to go right now. And although they're going to hinder themselves in the future, they want to win now. So I'm not too mad at it. I think the grade is a little harsh. I think it's more like a B. Perk? Yeah, I think the grade is disrespectful. And, and for this reason, this one reason only, in my opinion, when I think of who they just moved into the 
to, to lead their ship and Tim Conley. Like, I think about what he did for the Denver Nuggets. Mm. And I think about how he built that roster over there in Denver and time and time again made sure that they had the right pieces in place to compete and be at the top of the Western Conference. To me, when you get a guy like Rudy and pat him alongside Carl Anthony Towns, that's going to bring out the best in Carl Anthony Towns. Again, Carl Anthony Towns was at the top for his leading in three-point field goal attempts last year. We all know that he don't really want to bang in the paint like that. So when you get a defensive anchor that's willing to be a rim protector, to willing to go and grab 12 to 15 rebounds a game, also play his role and be a live threat at the basket, it's going to open up things for Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. on, the, on the outside of things. So when I think of Tim Conley, just him in particular, I would never question his eye, his eye or his thought on how he's building a roster because he has showed us that he's he's a, he's capable of putting things together to move in the right direction. I mean, Matt and Perk both know that bad things happen when teams play not to lose versus play to win. And this is Tim Connolly, in my opinion, playing to win, making a move, stepping into that role that he mm-hmm. was hired for to move the franchise to a level it's never been before. Now, if you want to give it a C- because you think just black or white, this squad won't win a championship, I guess, fine. But did the team get better? Are they one of the most talked about franchises since that uh, instance occurred? Of course they are. And I want to see it play out. I, I mean, I, I'm certainly giving it a much uh, closer to an A- minus than a C-. minus. Okay, interesting. I, I feel mm. for Kevin Pelton. I feel like, the, I mean, this is hard. <laughs> it's hard to grade these things, and now we all get to critique the grades that you give. But on the other end of that trade, the Jazz only team in the West to receive an A. He's a hard grader. So having received that haul I mentioned earlier, and with Donovan Mitchell's future in question, Perk, do you want to chop or drop the Jazz's side of all of this? Uh, we got to chop it because how the Utah Jazz, the only team that got an A, why did they get an A in the first place? <laughs> right. Look, I understand. I understand they got a, 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 a lot of draft picks back. I understand that a lot of teams and organizations are moving towards building through, through the draft. I mean, Golden State is a prime example, but you don't know if you're going to get a Steph Curry. You don't know if you're going to get a Draymond Green. You don't know if you're going to get a, 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 a Clay Thompson. And so I get that, but at the end of the day, look, you can't think about you can't you can't go off of what we're expecting or or, or what we're predicting. Like I just feel like the Jazz, in my opinion, losing a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. I wouldn't have say that I wouldn't have given them an A. I wouldn't have given them a B. I would have given them a C. Um, but I just don't see how they got an A in this as far as what they did this offseason. Yeah, Perk, let's grade the grader. Like, if, if Kevin is trying <laughs> Sorry, to Kevin. put it in terms of this front office has done the best to ensure that they continue to have a job in the front office, okay, sure, the Jazz have kicked the can down the road. They're going to try to get the VW stretch limousine, Victor Wenbanyama, but really give them a T because they're trying to tank to get Wenbanyama. And guess what? When you tank in today's NBA, you only get about 25% chance to get the number one pick anyway. Right. And so I'm going to go for one of the teams getting more competitive in order to win next season. That is the fan in me and the fans that support this game. That's what they want to see. They don't want to see this long-term plan to accrue draft assets. Kev, this right. B block just wasn't for you. I apologize. <laughs> 
Uh, I wouldn't give him an A. I'm, I'm more with Pert. I'm more along the C range, but I understand the vision here. Obviously, there's been talks. Can Donovan Mitchell be someone you build around? I'm not really sure. Great young talent. I think he's a key piece to a championship team. I'm not sure if you're building around them, and I think Danny Ainge knows that. So who knows, by the end of the season or by the trade deadline, they can have a lot more assets, as Dave mentioned, to hopefully get the first pick next year. But if not, just have quality draft picks for the next handful of years. So I think just the overall vision is, you know, as far as this team contending anymore, I think they're completely out of contention, even if Mitchell stays. Uh, But I think they're looking towards the future and rebuilding, and I think Ainge is always good at that. Look what he did in Boston. I completely agree. I, I want to be nice to Kevin here. I, I, I really do, but I just, especially with what I'm mm. about to tell you, the Western Conference Finals appearance team was a team that also received the worst grade on the list, and that was the Dallas Mavericks. And again, it's not that I think that oh, they lost Jalen Brunson to the Knicks in free agency, right? They acquired forward Christian Wood from the Rockets. But a D? Kevin Pelton, a D? So if that is a D, and an A is the Jazz, like, I got A's in school, so I don't really know what is going on here, Dave. Do you want to chop it or drop it? I got to <laughs> chop this because let's not only mention that they got Christian Wood. They also got JaVale McGee, who's been a part of several championship teams. And they looked at what they had on their roster, and they said, if Tim Hardaway Jr. is healthy mm-hmm. and Spencer Dinwiddie continues to ingratiate himself in the program, we can make a calculated risk in letting Jalen Brunson walk for a premium. Now, of course, you could say that, hey, doesn't Mark Cuban have deep enough pockets to pay or overpay for Jalen Brunson? You could always say that, right? But at, at some point, you have to look at your mix and look at the future and decide that, you know, that's just not a number I'm going to pay. Now, you could go back and say they should have paid Brunson beforehand, locked it up. He only got better as the season went on. Yeah, but guess what? You can't go backwards. You only can go forwards. And based on how they handled the summer, it was far better than a D. Matt? <sighs> Tough day. He grades like my sixth grade teacher. They always used to have me confused. Oh, we like, always I got this. Huh? What's happening? Yeah. Um, right. To me, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that this roster got better. Obviously, they're going to get healthy, and you're getting a young Christian Wood who, by numbers, is the best in the pick and roll, which is really going to help Luca. You can stretch the floor. They had several, as Dave pointed out, times to uh, sign Jalen Brunson. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, this team is still looking for that Robin to go alongside Luca's Batman. I love what uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. can bring back to the floor. Yep. And um, who's the other? I'm forgetting. Uh, they played really well in the playoffs. Ah, forgive me. Dinwiddie. I love what they can bring, but to me, they're still not that consistent 20 to 22 point a game score you're going to need in the playoffs. Sure. Well, and what makes it tough, Perk, is that they're in the West. They're in a very tough Western conference, and some say, well, they got lucky, they got breaks, and then when they smack the Suns, people kind of stop saying that. What do you think of this grade? I don't like it. I mean, (laughs) look, we could talk about who they lost. We could talk about Jalen Brunson leaving, and yes, he was a vital part of their success last year. But they still have a top-five player in the NBA in yeah. Luka Doncic. This is a one-man wrecking crew by himself. Okay, and then you look at the other pieces around them. Yes, we're talking about Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back. I love the uh, the quiet, the uh, love the addition of JaVale McGee. Finney Smith Jr. took a, a leap uh, this year. But most importantly, they have Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd has developed a certain type of culture over there that not only he has been able to hold Luka Doncic accountable, but their defense has taken a leap. And last year, I strongly believe 
the Dallas Mavericks would have been much better if they would have had an anchor like a JaVale McGee. Yep. That's the thing that hurt them against yep. the Golden State Warriors. Kevon Looney went to work on them. But again, I'm not giving them a D because guess what? They didn't lose Luka. And if you're starting a team today, it's a, it's a lot of players out there that I, I get it. People would love to pick from, but I'm picking either Giannis or Luka if I'm starting a team today to build around and they still have number 77 mm. over there in the Mavs. In shape uniform. 77 too. In shape 77. Yes, held accountable. Seventy-seven. They say yeah, that if you can't hold loop. your top, if skinny you can't loop. hold your top player accountable, then how are you going to hold anybody else accountable? The thing that I look at. A D is barely passing. That's tough. So when you look at the, the you're saying in the Western <laughs> Conference, that's the equivalent of barely making the playoffs, right? When you're looking at the upper, that that seems incredibly low to me. I'm going to throw a couple other ones at you. Just see what stands out to you here. The defending champs. And the Clippers, they both got a B plus. The Lakers got a B minus. The Suns got a C plus. Look at this list. B minus for the Blazers. Kings get a B. Actually, not mad that the Kings get a B. The Pelicans, I, I like what the Pelicans are doing. I think I would come up a little bit there. Matt, take a good hard look at this list. What stands out to you the most? Golden State. Okay, why? Golden State understands. They obviously they lost some crowd favorites uh, in GP, Otto Porter, and, and Juan Toscano. But at the same time, they understand mm-hmm. that they may lose some role players during the journey in. This is an all-in during the rest of Steph Curry's processes. This management understands what they have to do. So as long as Steph Curry is on that team, they're going to be all-in. They're going to do everything they possibly can. But let's not, you know, dis, you know, disregard getting someone like DiVincenzo. Very smart, both sides of the ball guy. Got a chance to watch Something him a lot in too. Sacramento. Yeah, shoots the ball plays defense makes big plays and then obviously Jermichael Green someone I play with who can stretch the floor help rebound and secure that front line so although they lost some crowd favorites I think they understand that this is a process Steph has another however many years and we're going to be all in the rest of Steph Curry's career but Matt aren't you and Kevin both being a little generous with the defending champs considering they lost two guys who were vital in their postseason run in GP2 and Otto can you say Mm -hmm. that any of the pieces that they added can slot in there Dante Vincenzo he's talented and he won some big games in Villanova. The Milwaukee Bucks determined he can't help us win a championship. Well, that's because he was coming off a broken ankle. But I also think another year Wiggins is going to be better. I think Jordan Poole is going to be, uh, you know, better for what he did. Clay, I think Clay is still getting healthy. He was out for two two years and some change. So I think they understand what they still have on the roster. Granted, like you said, those two defensive guys and Otto Porter hitting big shots throughout the playoffs. They're going to miss who they lost, but they didn't get back bums. They got back people that are going to be able to contribute, and they're expecting mm-hmm. Wiseman to have a big uh, a big year big and Poole to continue to develop so do you think, I think they're Kirk? they're good well well I, I like what Boston did I like what Philly oh, really? did but to <laughs> me when you look at when yeah yeah right but when you look at the Los Angeles Clippers they won this offseason, and I don't even think it's close. Ooh. When you talk about the most important position in the NBA, the wing position, they are loaded with them. From Paul George to Kawhi Leonard to Robert Covington to Nicholas Batum, they have Norman Powell. And then look at the point guard position. Reggie Hot Sauce Jackson and John Wall <laughs> both competing for that spot. You can't go wrong with either one. They re-signed Big Zubac. They have one of the best coaches in the game today. And Ty Lue. And I'm looking at this team and I'm like, I don't know a team that's more versatile than the Los Angeles Clippers. And they have a loaded roster. They brought everyone back. They're going to get healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how they didn't get an A. They was the team that was supposed to get an A. 
I just, I'm still, and yet again, they were graded lower than the Utah Jazz. But I'm just going to leave Kim. that right over there. I appreciate the part. When you started going right. on about the Boston Celtics, I was like, oh, no, in a, in, in a segment that's about grades, is Perk just not following instructions when I said teams in the West? But we got there. I appreciate you, my friend. Mm -hmm. Coming up still mm -hmm. on yeah. NBA Today, <laughs> could LeBron's time in L.A. be running out? So we dive into what LeBron's next steps may be with him now being able to sign and extension. Plus, the juiciest debate that you're going to hear all day. The Dream Team or the 2012 USA Team? Who are you taking? Andre Godala has something to say about that. And we're giving the floor to our floor general. And no, it's not me. It's the man with the handles. Big Perks list of all-time ball handlers. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Welcome back to NBA Today. Just feel like you can't catch a break. You know, when it rains, it pours for our year. The most frustrating part is not being sure of what we could have been. Who would have thought that the Lakers would not even make the playoffs? To take place during the offseason. Our goal was to win a championship. We didn't get it done. We can't make no, no excuses about it. So that is the backdrop to which LeBron is entering his 20th season. He will turn 38 in December. And today, he became eligible to sign a two-year extension that is worth $97 million with the Lakers. And by agreeing to that new contract, James would bump his career earnings up to $532 million, the most ever for an NBA player. And somehow, that number, it's probably still less than the actual value that LeBron brings both on and off the floor. And James is on the brink of making even more history. He enters this season just 1,326 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most in NBA history. And since joining the Lakers, LeBron has played around 56 games per season, so he would need to average 24 points at that rate, a threshold he's crossed literally every year since his rookie season. But as we know, LeBron, he keeps playing mainly to win championships, right? He's already got four, and he wants to be the only active player to get to that number five. But he's missed the playoffs twice in his four-year tenure with the Lakers. He missed the playoffs just twice in the first 15 years of his career. And whether or not he's able to win another ring if he signs that extension to stay in L.A., that remains to be seen. So, Dave, I want to start with you here. What is the latest regarding any conversations between LeBron's camp and the Lakers over the past 24 hours? 
Well, Malika, even though we were circling this August 4th date on our calendar, there is nothing imminent, sources tell me, hmm. between the Lakers and LeBron's camp in terms of coming to an agreement on a deal. Now, it could look a variety of ways if they come to that agreement. It could be the two-year $97 million extension. It could be a one-year $47 million extension with a player option to give them some security. Or we could see LeBron just not engage in those talks and wait to see what the Lakers front office can do for him in terms of making this team competitive. There are two things that matter most for LeBron as he looks at the final stage of his career. Adding to his four championships collection and also finding an opportunity if his son is eligible to make it into the NBA, finding an opportunity to be a father-son duel on the same team. Hmm. Theoretically, the Lakers can provide both of those opportunities to LeBron. Hmm. They can offer him the money they can say guess what we're about championships ourselves we made some bad decisions last year we're going to make up for it and give you a much more competitive uh, roster and we will find a way to get Bronny on this roster when he is eligible wow. all those things can happen in LA right. just right now LeBron is n not engaging in talks in terms of signing that extension right away right away so nothing is imminent perk do you think LeBron should re-up his deal in order to provide let's call it stability in LA or wait keep some leverage over the Lakers here hell no and, and he should <laughs> stay far away from me here's, here's the reason why I look at LeBron James last year, he averaged 30, okay? He averaged 30. He held up his end of the bargain for us, contributing, landing all out on the line, being ready for the moment, things of that nature. Now, he has to have some type of leverage where he holds the front office accountable to make moves, whether that's trading Russell Westbrook, whether that's seeing how the season start, getting off to, uh, seeing if they get off to a great start and they can add pieces at the trade deadline. I get all the talk that Braun wants to play with Bronny, and rightfully so, and that's facts. But at the end of the day, as of right now, LeBron James wants to win championships. Okay, LeBron James wants to be in the NBA Finals. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do that by putting the right pieces around him to help him be successful. So if I'm LeBron James, I would not sign the contract or even entertain it because a, a person or an organization not knowing what LeBron is thinking is a scary feeling for the Los Angeles Lakers, and that could make them go out there and do something that will make him feel like they're trying to move in the direction of actually winning the title again. Well, whether he signs this deal or not, I don't see him leaving. The only time I actually see him leaving, as if Dave mentioned a little bit earlier, if there's an opportunity to play with Bronny elsewhere. Mm -hmm. The Lakers feel like they can make that happen in L.A. L.A. is home for Bron now, and we all know what he's doing on and off the court. His family loves it here. Bron is not leaving regardless, but I feel like he is going to keep uh, the Lakers management on his toes, as he should. This is the end of, uh, you know, one of the greatest careers, if not the greatest career of all time. So he's always been great at navigating his career, getting to where he wants, and really getting what he wants. So we're going to see what the Lakers management is able to do for him uh, more than because we already know what he can do for them. So, again, whether he signs this or not, fans, relax. I don't think he's going anywhere. But I think he always likes to have the leverage, and someone as great as him should have the leverage. Go ahead, Perk. Man, he still got his crib now. He, got he still a couple got of them, that bro. big old crib down there. He got a couple of them. But I, I mean, love to just house it. But, down, but, down, but, but, but I'm saying down there in Akron, man, you it never know. Like, it don't when compare. It comes down all due to, respect. But listen, well, all due respect, I, but, L.A., Akron, I, living styles, I, I, I don't I, know, Perk. I, 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 get the, I, get, I get the living style, but when it comes down to his legacy, 
and it comes down to his hometown and being back in Ohio and Cleveland, we know how LeBron James feel about being that Ohio and his feel his personal feelings. So he did I wouldn't that. just if, if, he went back and, and got he'll the do one it for the again. Yeah, I'm like, going back again. Yeah, I don't but know I'm just saying, yeah. Okay. I'm not mad at all what you're saying. Right. Okay, I, I cool. completely agree. To me, that's we don't know. <laughs> we're all guessing and we're going back and forth. But to me, I think he was able to mm -hmm. go back and win one. We know the relationship with Gilbert isn't the best. And it's just hard to pass up Lakers and L.A. lifestyle at this point. I, Quality of life. I'm still stuck on, I don't know, are you a good house sitter, Matt? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think sort of what all of this, though, is circling around, right? If he does hold out, just for now, if he waits to sign this, he is time before he needs to sign this extension. He's just beginning to have that eligibility now. It comes down to why would you want to keep that leverage, potentially, for the roster construction? And Dave, you released a story on Tuesday about how last year's Lakers roster was constructed. What can you tell about the difference between last offseason and now this offseason? I mean, we all know that last year's team was the most disappointing, perhaps, in franchise history. And part of that was the inability for LeBron and Anthony Davis to stay healthy. Part of that was Russell Westbrook not playing up to the standard that they thought he would be able to do when they brought him in. And a big part of it was all the moves around the margin fell mm. flat on their face. Currently, there are 10 players who are on last year's Lakers team, a team that Vegas considered the favorite to win the NBA championship, a team comprised of guys that were hand-selected by a combination of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Rob Palenka to be the pieces to get them to the promised land. Those 10 guys don't have a job. Mm. They have the same mm. access to an NBA roster oh. that I do right now. And that was something that the, <laughs> the team had to figure out in the offseason to go a completely different direction. So mm. if last year's team was mm. about players that were accomplished and established, this year's free agency class were players that are fresh and emerging. So you have guys in their 20s, Wanda Anderson, mm. Lonnie Walker, right. um, Thomas Bryant, right on down the list, Troy Brown Jr. That is the group that they believe can do more around the stars that they have in LeBron and Anthony Davis. 10x Lakers. 10x Lakers are still looking forward. That is a And Dave has a better number. chance of getting on a roster, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> have you seen his jumper? <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you all. Coming up on NBA Today, more on the verdict that was released today regarding Brittany Griner, what her next steps may be. NBA Today will be back after this. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? to vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles.
Back to our top story. WNBA star Brittany Griner was sentenced to nine years in prison by a Russian court. The 31-year-old Griner, a two-time U.S. Olympic champion and an eight-time WNBA All-Star, was arrested February 17th for bringing cannabis into the country, pleaded guilty on July 7th, and was convicted earlier today. Here's Brittany Griner's defense attorney following the sentencing. She's very upset, very upset, very stressed, and she is, well, she can hardly talk, honestly, so it's a difficult time for her. You know, when we saw Brittany, uh, I think it was Tuesday, and we saw, her, and we told her, see you on Thursday, and she said, see you on Doomsday, so looks like she was right. The Phoenix Mercury released the following statement, quote, while we knew it was never the legal process that was going to bring our friend home, today's verdict is a sobering milestone in the 168-day nightmare being endured by our sister, BG. We remain heartbroken for her, as we have every day for nearly six months, and we remain grateful to and confident in the public servants working every day to return her to her family and us. We remain faithful. The administration will do what it takes to end her wrongful detention. And we are inspired every day by BG's strength and are steadfastly committed to keeping her top of mind publicly until she is safely back on American soil. We will not allow her to be forgotten. We are BG. Our OTL reporter, John Barr, breaks down the how we got to this point. When the WNBA season began in May, the only sign of Brittany Griner's presence was an on-court decal bearing her initials and number, 42. Griner forces and finishes. Brittany Griner is possessed right now. A seven-time All-Star center, Griner has been detained in Russia since her arrest on February 17th at the Moscow airport. Russian authorities say they found vape cartridges containing hashish oil in her luggage. Griner was taken into custody charged and suddenly facing a maximum 10-year prison sentence. This is an unimaginable situation for BG to be in. You know, obviously BG's part of my family. I coached her for a long time. I, I, I mean, I love that girl. She's, she really is. And I'm just, you know, I just, I just I hope that she can come home soon. Griner's status only grew more uncertain because of what happened a week after her arrest. Overnight, the sound of explosions and bombs. Russian President Vladimir Putin declaring the beginning of what he calls a special military operation in Ukraine. Russia's war with Ukraine and the international sanctions that followed complicated efforts by U.S. officials to bring Griner home. In May, the State Department reclassified Griner to an important new distinction. We have determined that the Russian Federation has wrongfully detained a U.S. citizen, Brittany Griner. Still, there were some who believed that enough wasn't being done to bring Griner home sooner. If it was a Bonnie be home, right? It's a statement about the value of women, it's a statement about the value of the gay person. At this point, it seems like pressure is, is what's going to get the job done. Over the July 4th holiday, Griner made a direct appeal for her freedom to President Biden, writing to him in a letter, I'm terrified I might be here forever. We're asking the White House, POTUS, Vice President Kamala Harris to do something. She is terrified for her freedom on a day in which people are celebrating it. I would like to plead guilty on the charges. On July 7th, Griner pleaded guilty in a move largely seen by experts as strategic 
as the overwhelming majority of Russian court cases end in convictions. Then just last week, perhaps the most hopeful sign to date. Secretary of State Antony Blinken announcing a proposed prisoner swap offer was made to the Russian Foreign Minister of Affairs in June, which would bring fellow American Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner home. We put a substantial proposal on the table weeks ago to facilitate their release. Griner's trial may now be complete, but the work to bring her home is far from over. Truthfully, I can't rest as her humanity is being stripped from her. I can't rest as her safety is in question. I honestly can't rest until she's home. More reaction from the NBA and WNBA world continues to pour out on Twitter. Swin Cash tweeting, hearts heavy, thinking and praying for Brit. Please keep her and her family lifted. And Jaron Jackson Jr. quote, no way, nine is crazy, makes no sense. And the Connecticut Sun guard tweeted, we love you, BG. That's Jasmine Thomas. More NBA Today after the break. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Still here with Matt, Dave, and Big Perk. I'm just going to get right to it, guys. Our friend Andre Iguodala sparked an interesting debate on whether or not the Dream Team would beat the 2012 USA basketball team. So Iguodala was a member of that team, and here is what he had to say. Quote, any team with Michael Jordan on it, I'm picking except for 2012 versus the 92 Dream Team. I'm not picking that 92 team. I'm picking us, even though 92 had MJ. So obviously, Godala, he had confidence in the team that he played on back in 2012. Matt, you're already groaning and sighing. I want, I want I, Perk to go first, though. Okay, all right, all right. So let me just remind everyone, 1992, it was the first American Olympic team to feature active professional players in, from the NBA. They won gold in Barcelona that year, paved the way for what we know now as USA basketball. So... The table has been set. All of that has been said. Mm. Big perk. I'm going to listen to Matt here. Get out of your way and just let, let me know what you think of this. Well, here's, here's the problem that I have. And no disrespect to the 1992 Olympic team, but half of those guys were a little past their prime. Hmm. I'm not going against Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant all on one team. In my opinion, that 2012 was the greatest Olympic USA team ever. Like, I don't see no team actually competing with them. Now, look, if the 2000, uh, if the 1992 team would have been fat and had Isaiah Thomas on it, okay, maybe I would consider them. But as of right now, no. I'm going with the 2012. I'm with Iggy on this one. KD, Cole, and Braun. That's enough in itself. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm just not mad at this statement overall that Iggy made. I mean, you got to think this is prime. I mean, a young <laughs> a young 12 team, an older uh, uh, dream team. I think mm -hmm. the historical significance of the dream team was just so impactful. The world wasn't ready for what we had in store with there. But then you fast forward to that 2012 team. I mean, Kobe is, is in his early 30s. The rest of these guys are in their 20s. You know what I mean? So. It's hard to say who would, different styles, different eras, but I'm definitely not mad at what Iguodala said. Dave? I mean, I'm all for 
Talking about your own accomplishments, puffing out your chest a little bit. I understand where Igre Iguodala is coming from. He wants to have his basketball legacy seem even greater than it has already been. And Kevin Durant is the one person, I think, on that team who can have a reason to say this because Kevin Durant is perhaps the greatest scorer the game of basketball has ever seen. But what about 92 and also 2008 and the continuity of purpose? 92, that team wanted to show the world what professional basketball is about in this country. And 2008 was wanted to remind the world what professional basketball is about in this country. Well, I think one the, the, the one thing that I'm kind of held up on is that one was the gateway to the next, right? There would be no 2012 without 92. There would be no 2008 without 92. So, like, are, are we putting the crown on 92? I'm kind of in the I'm not mad at it. That's where yeah. I'm settled. We're just such a we're just such a, a, a meh. We're putting crowns on both. But I mean, you got to think 92 had 11 right, right. Hall of Fame. I mean, that was a great team. I mean, I remember yeah. I used to wake up early and watch that during the weekends. Like, to their significance to what we know as Olympic basketball now really started there. So, and like Malika said, it's been the gateway to continue to get better. I would put the 92 team definitely in the top three all-time. You can argue if they're one or two. Perk? But, 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 but can we all agree that 2012 had, like, better competition? And I get it. They all was pretty much smacking all the teams, but the game had, the had, world had, had grown. evolved. Like, yes. you know, yeah, the world had grown at, uh, in 2012, it was a lot different in 1992. And again, I'm not disrespecting the greats. I would never do that ever again. But you just can't tell me that 2012 team wasn't beyond special. Hmm. All right. Well, I think it's 2012, 92, 08. It seems to be that's the top three, and people are going to debate the order. But speaking of excellence, here's our next yeah. WNBA game. The Sun, they host Diana Taurasi, the GOAT, and the Mercury tonight at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN2 and the app. And then on Sunday, we'll have a WNBA doubleheader with some of the league's top teams on ABC and the app. One Eastern, the Sun, they square off against the the sky and then the aces they take on the storm who a packed afternoon of hoops on abc and still to come on nba today big perk we're going to the tape he knows a thing or two about handles he weighs in on our debate of who Working should be crowned ah, the handles ah, king ah. nba today will be back in 60 seconds oh my goodness First of all, y'all setting up stuff for failure with this one. Correct. But, OG, I want you to go first. My top five handles mm. of all mm. time. Oh, jeez. Y'all going to get me in trouble. No man. wonder why Matt letting me do this. <laughs> oh, you Ooh, know what? He's going to one. No, we're going to do this because I don't want to mess this up. And then we're going to do that. And then we're going to go here. Oh, you already got him. You already got him. Oh, yeah. I just love him that much. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Here. Here we go right yeah. here. Okay. Ooh, tough. My list is in no order except the number one guy to me is Kyrie, with all due respect to the OGs that came before. Then after that, I'm just going to put them up here for me. White Chocolate, Jamal, CP. I hate that I have to leave AI off. I hate that I have to leave AI off. Leaving Bubba Chuck off? Oh, it's hard. Hey, I apologize, bro, because I know I'm probably going to get a uh, FaceTime as soon as we yes, get off the show. Yes, you are. Like, you I'm bothered by, like, like, I'm breathing a little harder right now. <laughs> All right, that sparked a little bit of a debate. Perk, we haven't heard from you. Having mm -hmm. the background that you do in the NBA, you know a thing or two about handles. We have proof of the video, but top three, give it give it yeah. to me for you, ball handlers. I mean, and look, the, the video that y'all saw before we went to the break, that was Perk 
retired perks. Imagine me in my prime. Perk, that was but more love handled than okay? basketball. Oh, 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 look at it. Watch, oh, watch the shelf go up right bro. now. All I, see, all I see is love handles, not ball handles. likes to do things nah. that make him jiggle. <laughs> so your number one is what you're hey, saying? Listen. Here, hey, listen, here, here's the thing. I'm going Kyrie Irving. I'm going Jamal Crawford, and I'm going Kevin Durant. I don't understand how we keep disrespecting KD when you talk about yeah, best handles at 16 the way he got it on the stream. Dave, any issues? Uh, I, I, I like Matt's top five. I'm going with all right. Matt's top five. We're going with Matt's top Matt five. <laughs> Thank you all so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's just support those handles, Perk. <laughs> NFL Live is next.